Hello, nosy neighbors. This is Mary. And this is Kylie. And you are listening to Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. Hey, neighbors. Hey, neighbors. Welcome. Drag your chairs over. Have your beverages. Let's tell our tales. <laughs> we went to a Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. and one of my favorite thing is a fortune cookie oh my gosh yes do you want to hear my fortunes yes what what was it nothing in the world is accomplished without passion between the sheets <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I forgot about that I know but and then you know I have to have two yeah the other one is not just live and let live yeah but live and help live wow (laughs) they're trying to send some messages there (laughs) it's pretty deep yeah between the sheets (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that sounded bad (laughs) i know it's pretty deep i'm like where up in your tummy oh gosh anyway (laughs) yuck yeah i started researching my case and then you read yours last week and mine is also from kansas no way yeah so what are you drinking I found an awesome refreshing beverage mm-hmm. and it's called the Kansas City Ice Water. Um, <laughs> don't tell me that it's just tap water because that would be <laughs> so funny. <laughs> that would be hysterical, but this one... Kansas City Ice Water. It is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> it's Kansas City. Yeah. Has a little twang to it. Yep. <laughs> it just comes out of the faucet that way there. <laughs> I gotta say, though, be very careful, neighbors, because it's easy to overindulge with this water. Okay. Quote, water. Yeah. The ingredients are two cups of ice, one ounce of gin, one ounce of vodka, a half ounce lime juice, one half ounce triple sec. And then three ounces, or more or less, of your favorite lime or lemon lime carbonated beverage. Nice. And of course, mine is Seven Up. Yep. <laughs> yes. I knew exactly what was coming. Oh yes. Pour all of the ingredients except for the soda into a shaker. Mm-hmm. You cover it and you shake it until the shaker has uh, frost on it. Oh, I always wondered if they counted how many shakes or how they knew when to stop. Yep. So it's when the shaker gets some frost, you pour it into a glass, you add your soda and enjoy. That sounds delicious. Cheers, Kansas. Cheers, Kansas. It says to put it over new ice, but shoot, I just recycle my ice. I figure it's got the already the flavor on it. Right? Exactly. You pour it out like all fancy, but then you just dump the remainder in. That's how you do it. Oh, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So every... Or are you ready? Yeah. Let's get into it, everybody. I've got some questions. Uh-huh. Here we go. Every sports team has its rival. Some of the greatest rivals are, in baseball, the Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox, and the New York Yankees. Yup. In the National Football League, the Green Bay Packers, the Packers and the Bears, the Chicago Bears. (laughs) In basketball, the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers. Lakers. Yup. In college football. Oh, yeah. Auburn and Alabama. Alabama and Auburn. Roll Tide. And then I'm told that in world soccer, Uh 
you know, the soccer, the, or I should say football in world football. Football. A.K.A. soccer. Yes. New Zealand All Blacks. The team is called the All Blacks. Uh-huh. And the South African Springboks. Uh-huh. Uh, they're a huge rival. And there was a movie uh, um, about this rivalry called uh, Invictus. Oh, no. I've seen that that is a movie, but I had no idea what it was about. Me either. So now I want to watch it. Yeah, it's about soccer. I thought it was like some sort of history thing. And I was like, eh. <laughs> yes, yes. Technically, I guess it is like a uh, history of football. Yup. <laughs> so this week's face of the case is Brandon Brown. So is he a football player? He is American football. Well, you said all of the rivals. So I'm like, he's definitely an athlete. He's an athlete. He was born on June 13th, 1986 in Los Angeles, California. Brandon was a bigger kid who loved the game of American football. Yep. He was described as a nice, respectful man with a gentle spirit. Kind of reminds me of the kid on Blindside. Yes, right? Mm -hmm. What is the percentage of players that go pro out of like all players? Oh my gosh. So I was always told that it's a pyramid. Like if you draw a pyramid in the air, Mm -hmm. the bottom of the pyramid, the largest section Uh is youths in sports. Uh huh. And then you go up to like middle school, it gets a little slimmer. High school gets a little slimmer. Uh, college is a little slimmer, and then that little tiny tip of triangle on the top, that's the pro. Yep. Yep. So it's it's pretty selective. Wow. I read that only 0.018% of children attempting to make a career out of football are successful in becoming professionals. Uh-huh. And that's equal to winning the lottery. That's crazy, because you always hear like, I want to be a football player, and it's... Yeah, the chances are pretty slim. But the parents think that they're gonna, they're gonna. I know. <laughs> the kid, their kid is gonna be an all star. I know, but some of them really are. Yeah. <laughs> like some of them do got it. That's true. The Browns of the world. Brandon was a defensive lineman who went on to play football at Santa Ana College in California. Mm-hmm. There he put football over his studies and he did not achieve the grades he needed to continue his education at Santa Ana. So he transferred to Cosumes, wait, it's C-O-S-U-M-N-E-S. And I looked it up. It's Cosumnes River Community College in Sacramento, California. Mm-hmm. And he went there to improve his GPA, get some more playtime in hopes of transferring to a Division One school. Okay. Um, then what, you know, then definitely then a community college or something higher. Yeah. So he kind of st- took a step back. Yes. To improve his grades. Yes. But that dream was not reached. And in 2012, the six foot three, 280 pound, 26 year old Brandon went on to transfer as a redshirt junior to Tabor College in Hillsborough, Kansas, uh-huh. which is about 50 miles north of Wichita. Okay. Wichita's a big city. So he had originally wanted to transfer back to his previous school, but instead he went to Kansas? Usually when you get kicked out of a school, you don't go back. Oh, right. Okay. So there in the Kansas City Athletic Conference, it's the KCAC. Mm-hmm. 
he hoped to get his life back on track and football was a priority, but he also went to school. Yeah. But now he's 26, where the average kid there is, you know, 18, 19. In their early 20s. Yeah. Yes, because around here, you know, you go to school at 18, act to college at 18, graduated at like 22. Yeah, exactly. That's the normal track, especially for somebody that wants to be a pro athlete. Yes, that's the normal. Because mm-hmm. you want to get in there. Old, yeah, quotable. as early as you can. Yeah. Tabor College is a private Mennonite college founded in 1908. Isn't Mennonite? And I looked up what a Mennonite is. Like a, a Amish? They're a group of Anabaptist Christians. So it's uh, it's Mennonites are groups of Anabaptist Christian church communities of denominations. So it's it's a Christian school. Okay. Tabor College is approximately or has approximately 800 students, including graduate students. That's tiny. That's like the size of a small high school. Yeah. 75% in each class is an athlete. Wow. Yes. Scholarships are Mm need-based and academic-based for student athletes because they are such a small school. Mm -hmm. Notable alumni of Tabor College are... The grandfather of Simpsons creator Matt Gronk. I don't know. So the creator of The Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah, his grandpa. His grandpa. And his name was Abraham. (laughs) It's funny, when you look up notable alum, uh, that came up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Los Angeles Angels of uh, Major League Baseball. Uh It's a pitcher named Jacob Webb. He went to Tabor. Mm Mm-hmm. And Tabor College rival school was, or is, McPherson College, which is about 26 miles west. Tabor just sounds like the name of a rich white boy. (laughs) One of my best friends growing up was Tabor. And was he a rich white boy? (laughs) No comment. (laughs) Yeah, so it's so funny to... Hi, Tabor. (laughs) To hear, yeah, that it's like a school where all these people went. Anyways... September 15th, 2012, Tabor College played their third game of the season against Haskell Indian Nations University. Uh-huh. Tabor College had a one-in-one record. So then after their victory that night against Haskell Indian Nations University, their record changed to two-in-one. Uh-huh. And the victory, it was 56 to 7. Wow. So it was a good old fashioned ass beating. beating. Yes. Take that away. Beating. <laughs> whooping. I was going to say whooping and beating, and I said whooping. <laughs> <laughs> it's Spanish. The team was elated after their victory, so Brandon and a few teammates decided to go out and celebrate. Yeah. The bars around Tabor closed. This game. And like after the game and they finished showering, everything is about 11 o'clock. Uh-huh. So the bars closed around midnight. So they went to the neighboring town. Uh-huh. And after closing that bar, this neighboring town is where the rival was, uh, McPherson. Uh-huh. They went to the bar, they closed it down, and then they heard about a house party about a block from the college, McPherson College. So they decided to go. It was uh, Brandon and his buddy Eli. Okay. On September 16th, around 4 a.m., police responded to a noise complaint 
in that town. About the house party, right? About the house party. Yeah. They responded to a call and found Brandon beaten and unresponsive outside the house. What? And he was laying in the middle of the street. Oh my God. I thought it was going to be like, the music was too loud. Yes. Like a classic movie type situation. It was an argument. They they got the phone call about an argument. Ah. Uh. His injuries were so severe that he was transferred to a larger hospital in Wichita. Uh-huh. I told you that Wichita was about 50 miles north. Yeah. Or 50 miles south. One of those ways. About an hour away. Oh, yeah. About an hour away. Brandon sustained several injuries with the most traumatic injury being to his lungs, which were stomped on <gasps> after he was beaten to the ground. Oh, my God. The story around town was that Brandon and his teammate, Eli, his last name is E-T-E-A-K-I. I believe it's Atiki. Atiki, yeah. They were thrown out of that house party. Uh-huh. And Eli lost his temper when they weren't allowed back in. And then somebody pulled a for sale sign out of the ground and smashed it through the window of the front door. Uh-huh. The McPherson football players confronted Eli because they thought that he is the one that threw the sign. Uh-huh. Eli and one of the McPherson, um, yeah, McPherson guys began to fight. Brandon saw that argument and ran over to help, and he was sucker punched in the face. And that knocked him out. Oh, I was wondering, because he's such a big dude, how he became the victim yes. in whatever situation. Yeah, he was sucker punched and it just, you know how they say he's hit on the button? He was hit on the button. Yeah. Yep. yep. And then two or three guys started pummeling and stomping on Brendan as he laid unconscious on the ground. Unconscious. Yes. Oh my God. So he's motionless on the ground. The vicious beating continued until police came. Wow. I read that it was a good 40 minutes. Oh, my God. Yeah, you would think that they would have stopped. And the energy. Mm -hmm. How do you have that much energy? No. And it makes you wonder how many people are around them. And why didn't anybody stop them? Yes. Yeah. Paramedics tended to Brandon's injuries for about 45 minutes before transferring him to the hospital. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they they found him in the middle of the road. So that's where it happened. Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't move the bot, move him anywhere. Oh, no. 280 pounds, there's no moving. Yep. So it just happened right in the middle. Yep. Six days later, on September 22nd, 2012, Brandon succumbed to his injuries. Oh. And that same day, police arrested a suspect for assault and murder. Ooh. That man's name was Alton Franklin, a Dallas native. Uh-huh. He played for the McPherson College football team. Yeah. The rival. The rival. Mm -hmm. I knew it was going to be a rival. Alton was a 19-year-old, 5'7", 178-pound redshirt sophomore what? linebacker who played for that team. Wait, his age and yes. size yes. is just the polar opposite. Mm -hmm. He's 19 as opposed to 26 and teeny. He had yet to play a game because he was suspended for bad grades before the 2012 season. So he was a redshirt freshman, so he didn't play freshman year. 
mm-hmm. sophomore year, he didn't play because of bad grades. So it's in the season and he wasn't playing yet. Wow. One week later, police arrested a second suspect. Mm-hmm. This man's name was DeQuint Flanoy. Uh-huh. F-L-O-U-R-N-O-Y. Oh. And he was also from Dallas, Texas. DeQuint was 5'9", 330 pounds. Wow. And he was also an offensive lineman and teammate. Was he the center? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All they say is offensive lineman. That's it. Yeah. Three days after Brendan's death, Tabor College held a memorial service at a church near campus. Mm-hmm. The college president, the head football coach, and a professor all spoke during the service wow so he was a new junior so he was hardly at campus like it's only three games in uh-huh. and he was a redshirt junior so he didn't play yeah so these guys are are talking about him i think it was more to show unity for the college than they knew him i think yeah that the only one that knew him was maybe his college coach yeah exactly but but that still says a lot that they would get up there and speak on his behalf mm-hmm. even without knowing him yes Brandon was a father of two. Whoa. He had two kids. Oh. A three-year-old son and a seventh, seven-month-old daughter. I knew that they were itty-bitty. Yeah. Oh. And they were back in Sacramento, California. Mm-hmm. He expressed reservations about moving so far away from his kids, but his family supported his decision to play football and pr- pursue his passion. Uh-huh. And since Tabor was such a small town, it seemed like a good place. They thought it was safe. That's it. Yep. They thought it was a good place for him to finish his college career. Yeah. It's 2012. Did they have any video? Like, did anyone record it on their cell phone? Not that I I read. No. Yeah. They considered Tabor as a quiet, Christian, safe location compared to Sacramento, California. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was born in L.A. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, you would think that moving inland would be a safe bet. Yes, yes. The October 20th Tabor College versus McPherson College game was canceled, Uh quote, to honor the memory of Brandon Brown and to respect the needs of an ongoing criminal investigation, unquote. Oh, my gosh. How could you have a football game? You can't. No. Oh, my gosh. Those boys would have been after blood. Exactly. And the fans. Even if it's Christian. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Tabor went on to have a winning 8-2 and two record that season. Mm-hmm. Side note. I know. I was going to say in a weird way, I feel like it was probably something that unified the team. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm sure it did. Like, let's win this for Brandon. Yeah. October 29th, the preliminary hearing for Alton and DeQuint was supposed to take place. But the lawyers requested a continuance. Mm-hmm. And the preliminary hearing occurred in January and it ended on January 31st, 2013. Both men were charged with being accessories to second degree murder. Wow. During the hearing, a forensic pathologist testified that Brandon died from blunt force trauma to his head and ethanol poisoning as a secondary cause of death. I don't know where ethanol would come from. Mm -hmm. His blood alcohol level, Brandon's blood alcohol level was a 0.3. Oh, 
three. Oh my God. When he arrived to the hospital, nearly four times the legal limit of intoxication. Yeah. So anything that happened in the beginning with the sign or whatever. Yeah. It was just <sighs> fueled by alcohol. Yeah. Both uh, attorneys for the defense argued self-defense and both defendants pled not guilty. Ugh. On Tuesday, April 2nd, 2013, DeQuint Flanoy pled no contest to a lesser charge of aggravated battery. Oh, like, yeah, I meant to beat him. Yeah. I didn't mean to kill him. Yeah. Yes, like, I meant to get in a fight, but not murder. Yeah. This allowed him to avoid a trial, Mm -hmm. but he had to testify against his teammate, Alton. Ooh, so he didn't take a plea deal. He did take a plea deal. Alton. Oh, no, Alton did not know. On December 4th, DeQuint received a sentence, this is going to make you angry, of a two-year probation. What? No time? No time. No, he killed that man. No time? Killed him. Father of two. Killed him. I'm thinking if it was a big scuffle and nobody really saw, it'd probably be difficult to prove. Yeah. Oh, but wait, it gets worse. No. Alton faced trial on charges of murder and manslaughter. Two witnesses, including DeQuint, testified that they saw Alton hit Brandon. Uh-huh. The defense argued that there was no evidence that Alton struck anyone. Basically, it was two people said, yeah, I saw him hit him, but there was no video evidence, you know? Yeah, like we just talked about, there wasn't anything concrete. It was just Eli probably into Quint being like, yeah, he hit him. Mm -hmm. And they're like, of course you're going to say that. And then by the time they they arrested him, I'm sure that their knuckles were clean. Oh my gosh, yeah. It took a bit to... Mm -hmm. I am curious how they were able to track down those names in the first place. I'm too. They didn't get into detail about that. I mean, I'm sure that whoever they interviewed was like, don't let them know it was me. (laughs) Yeah. You saw what they did. I saw so-and-so hit him. Yeah. You saw what they did to him, though. Mm -hmm. And he's six foot whatever, two whatever, so... Oh, yeah. Like, they beat your butt. Uh Uh-huh. April 16th, the jury deliberated for less than two hours, and Alton Franklin, then age 20, was found not guilty. Oh. All I can say is, wow. Yeah. And there just must not have been enough evidence to convict. Right, because there is that part of it where, without a shadow of a doubt, like, you've got to know without a shadow of a doubt. Exactly. And if there's enough to be like, well... Maybe it wasn't that kid. It could have been two other kids that did it. Mm-hmm. How did they yeah. choose these people? Exactly. <laughs> you know? If it was two groups of people. Well, it seems like it was a bunch of McPherson College kids that ganged up on the two Tabor College kids. Yeah. So And he wasn't like, my name is, yes. what's his name? Anton. And I'm hitting <laughs> you in the face. Alton. <laughs> Alton. Yeah, my name is Alton, and I am striking you in the face. He didn't like announce his name, you know? Mm -hmm. So, how can you positively ID? And if it was four in the morning, it's dark. Oh, if his blood alcohol content was 0.3, then how high do you think everyone else's was? Either drinking from a win or drinking from a loss, you know? Yeah, that's true. Alcohol clouds judgment. Yep. Wow. So be careful when you drink, neighbors. Yes. Make sure that you're practicing safe 
drinking. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if our neighbors are still going to house parties or not. <laughs> you I never like, know. Right? If you are still going out, be safe. be safe. But I feel like most of us are probably just doing this weekly gathering in the safety of our neighborhood. <laughs> be safe. Be safe. Use your head. Yes. Well, thank you for telling me that. That's interesting. I can't believe that it's like slightly unsolved yeah. but like it said you know you're in college and you want to go party and you i don't know it's like one different choice this wouldn't happen oh yes exactly i mean how many times do people make those types of choices in college mm. where it's like if i wasn't drunk and i didn't do this thing i wouldn't have gotten pregnant done whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. yes or to varying degrees. But yeah, they beat them to a pulp and they probably just didn't realize the severity of what they were doing. Yep. They were like, we're going to kick his ass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe the one punch that Alton was seen doing was the one that knocked him out. Right. And then it was easier. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. If he saw it, maybe if he saw it, he would have dodged it. Right. I mean, that's the one that really did him in anyways. If there was a fight where he could defend himself, then it would be slightly different. Yeah. It's sad. We're sorry for Brendan's family. Yeah. Settle it on the field, people. That's what football's for. Yeah. I mean, there you got like some protection with a helmet. Uh-huh. Well, listen to your mothers and your coaches and <laughs> stuff. Make good choices. And stay nosy, neighbors. Cheers. Clank. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mary. I'm Kylie. And you've been listening to Sipping with Snacked, a true crime podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Instagram at Sipping with Snapped. Twitter at Sipping Snapped. Facebook, Sipping with Snapped, a true crime podcast. Join our Patreon, Sipping with Snapped. And if you forget all that, go to our website, www.sippingwithsnapped.com. We've got links to everything. Cheers. Cheers! Logan, say I love you. Bye.